HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the Academy Opus Cassius, the cheese industry's unique center for professional development. For more information and to apply for courses, visit our website at www.academymons.com. That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E hyphen M-O-N-S dot com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Small family farms around the country feel the pressure of consolidation, but for us cheese lovers, few places have seen such drastic changes as the dairying state of Wisconsin. Welcome to Cutting the Curd, broadcasting live on the Heritage Radio Network. On today's show, we have Dr. Terry Homan and Polly Hom- Paula Homan on the line, co-founders of Red Barn Family Farms in Wisconsin. Thank you both for coming on the show. Glad to be here. Thank you. You bet. I wanted to start off by talking about this trend of the disappearing family farm. On your site, you mentioned one of your goals is to reinvigorate Wisconsin family-owned dairy farms by creating an economy that will value these farms for generations. What forces have been changing the landscape of family farming recently? Maybe, Dr. Homan, you can chime in on that one first. No, I think certainly just the economic pressures of a commodity a pay scale. Um, from my perspective, I've been practicing veterinary medicine for over 20 years now. Um, actually, if I go back further, you know, I was born and raised on a family farm here in Wisconsin. Um, and and I, as I look back, sort of a bird's eye view over all that time, and maybe even back to um, the era post World War II, it's a commodity industry and in the economic incentive. Yeah or uh, dairy farmers in general, has been to produce more milk at a cheaper cost. And um, I, I think that's the main, one of the main drivers that's um, caused the, con- uh, the growth of the confinement consolidated dairy industry, and therefore is one of the negative pressures on small family farms. Completely. And so you touched on your background, and I was wondering, you know, and you, you gave us a little bit of, you are a vet. What are your backgrounds? What inspired you to work to preserve the small family farms? Was it growing up on there and you seeing it all disappear? Is that what got you there? You know, 
Um, both Paula and I um, come from dairy farming backgrounds. Um, my, my two grandparent, grandfathers were uh, Dutch immigrants that were dairy farmers here in Wisconsin. And, and Paula, I believe yours were as well, correct? That's correct, yeah. Um, but, but actually, when I graduated from vet school from the University of Wisconsin-Madison in 96, um, I, I certainly did not have a passion at that time for this Red Barn vision. Um, but I think it really came out of my experience during the first portion of my career um, to see the, these small family farms. Um, often within the industry, they're labeled terminal within. Um, you read farm, farm magazines, the lay magazines, yeah. and often these, these farms are termed terminal dairies. And there was a point in my career when um, I saw as a veterinarian, and, and I think especially from the animal husbandry perspective, that if we lose these small family farms, um, we've lost something. And it was from that experience that was born uh, the Red Barn mission and vision. When, when was Red Barn Family Farms founded and how? So we were founded in 2008. Um, we were... We started with two small family farms. Yeah. Um, I'm not too proud to admit that we were relatively naive when we started. We had <laughs> idea that if we took milk from these small family farms, um, that we could get a premium price for it in the marketplace if we told the Red Barn um, message and did a good job of presenting that with uh, you know good labeling and marketing. And naively, we started just in, in fluid milk. And, um, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a that's a tough one. <laughs> to put it lightly, right? Yeah, yeah. We spent a lot of time in grocery stores in Milwaukee handing out Dixie cups of milk. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the way it is. I mean, it went so so. First, first you got Red Barn, and you you said we're going to sell milk. We're gonna we're gonna take this. We're gonna reverse the trend. We're gonna sell milk. When did cheese become the way you were gonna go? I believe in April of 2008, um, and by midsummer we had um, Springside, Springside Cheese in O'Connell Falls made the first vat of, um, of bandaged cheddar for us. Um, from the you know we realized obviously that 21 day milk uh, shelf life on milk and, and all of those things were were real, were a problem, and that's why humankind learned to make cheese. Um, Damn straight. Oh. The preservation of milk is uh, um, it's important. I mean, I, I mean, I've interviewed uh, a lot of dairy farmers on this program, and um, you know, cheese is, is inevitably is the way that they go to uh, to add value to their milk, you know, and to give themselves a a little bit of breathing room, right? I mean, just to, so you can you can get something going there. Uh, agreed, but you know, as I look back, um, you know, a lot of what we did was, was bored of um, naivete. We learned some things um, sampling milk and starting in milk as well. Um, again, if I go back, both Paula and I were raised on, on dairy farms. And I think coming from that background, we were so entrenched in the commodity market right. that if, you, if I told you honestly what I thought and believed the day we started Red Barn Family Farms, I don't know that I would have believed that there was a difference in an inherent difference in the quality of our milk versus commodity milk. And it was after 
you know, several weeks and months of going to these Milwaukee grocery stores and handing out cups of milk and, and seeing the, the customers react to the taste of Red right. Barn milk, their eyes would light up and they'd say, this is the best skim milk I've ever had, or uh-huh. this is 2% milk I've ever had. You know, after a while, we started to clue in. Right. Listening. There's unique here beyond the label. Right. Completely. Uh, we, I think we saw the connection more between the animal husbandry and the actual flavor and the quality in the milk. We were so focused on the animal husbandry, you know, coming from that perspective. Sure. And really rewarding for us is to see how that translated into the, the quality of the milk. Well, that's it. So, so that's what changed your mind was your interaction with those customers over those little Dixie cup shooters of milk, huh? The people. Open their eyes. Yeah, it must really have. Yeah, but, and when um, when you when you were in there, I mean, well, let me ask just a question. I bet you still, I bet you miss a little bit though, handing out those cups of milk. I bet you. <laughs> <laughs> a little. <laughs> it's a little bit less work, right? Just to take it right from the animal and give it right out to people than to go through the entire cheese making process. As I'm sure you've found out, maybe you had a little bit of, uh, as you say, naivete at the beginning, but I'm sure that rubbed away pretty quick. Yeah, you know, it, regionally here in Wisconsin, we still have a, um, a solid foundation of food service customers that use our fluid milk. Sure. Um, we learn some things from it, and we have an important customer base um, that's important to our brand to this day. I still believe that um, where you can experience the greatest difference in our milk is actually in the fluid milk. Um, you know, cheese... Um, you know, certainly I, I believe our, our milk makes great cheese, uh-huh. but when customers can actually taste our fluid milk, that's where um, I think you can experience the greatest difference. What makes yours better than the rest? Correct. Yeah. What was it? What, what, well, let me ask you a question. What do you, what do you got for cows out there? What are you milking? So um, we currently have eight family farms that produce the milk yeah. from our, for our brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and they are predominantly Holsteins. There are a few Jerseys and uh, Brown Swiss mixed in, um, but predominantly Holstein. Yeah, because they make the most milk, right? I mean, they they, they give right. you the they give you the most. Uh, they're the milk machine of dairy animals, as uh, as I've uh, or as I've heard them I've heard them called. It's good stuff, and and then. Uh, you, um, I mean, we currently sell one of your great cheeses. Um, I just picked it up, you know, uh, the um, the Kupel, which I love quite a bit. Um, I, I really, you know, and what you say about um, uh, Paula, you know, you can taste, you really taste the difference in the milk because the cheese making process. And I and I speak about this uh, with with lots of cheese makers and um, and mongers too. You can engineer in a little bit of flavor determined you know determined by the cultures that you use to start the milk, right? You know, so you know to get there right that to the into the root uh, the root of what you got will always give them the best um, to give them the best um, experience. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's really our our goal or our function, Terry and mine and, and Red Barn's um, function, to start with really the best milk. We work with some really great cheesemakers, yeah. um, talented cheesemakers, um, but we know that we have to start by giving them the best milk um, to work with. 100%. And then when did it become like, you know, when did it become the mission, you know? 
to save small family farms. I, 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 one of my when I first started doing the podcast, you know, I, I, I interviewed a, a gal who became friends of mine, uh, Lisa Hall, you know, and uh, she's, an, she's another fantastic Wisconsin person. Um, and everybody I meet from Wisconsin is really nice. I got to get away from New York City more often. You know what I mean? We're a little. We're a little tough and, and rugged uh, in a certain way out here. But all the people I meet from Wisconsin are super nice. Or, and some of them I only meet, um, you know, through this microphone and a phone call. But, um, but it's, really, um, it's really pleasant to be, able to, uh, to be able to talk to you. One of the things that Lisa said to me is uh, when, she was, when she was beginning, you know, the amount of, um, of small farms that were up for sale, there were just a tiny amount. You know, and then, you know, as uh, as she got on in the business, it just became more and more and more. You just see people losing their, uh, you know, either their ability to maintain their farms, sustain their farms. You know, um, what do you what do you think is the single is it all economics? Is it is that why the farms are going away so people can't afford to be farmers anymore? Certainly, that's a major factor. Um, I think there are lifestyle choices. Sure. Um, you know, milking cows twice a day, um, seven days a week, it's not easy to find um, good people to fill in to give, you know, to get a weekend off. Um, yeah. So there's those um, lifestyle issues. Um, and I also think I've really seen this with one of our patrons, um, Neil and Amy Holowinski, patron, Red Barn patron number seven. Uh-huh. You live in this commodity world, you read the papers. Yeah. Um, the future belongs to the large dairies, and it, it's almost like the world tells them these small family farms that the future is not there. And um, I, I think maybe that's not a huge factor, but it does weigh on people after a while. That um, you know, what's the point? And and what's been fun with Red Barn um, is to connect the customers of our products, our cheese customers. Um, with our family farmers, and suddenly the farmers feel appreciated at a level they've never been appreciated before. Again, they're living in this world, you know, reading the papers where they're not valued, and then all of a sudden here's a customer that bought this piece of cheese and loved how it tasted and loves the mission and loves the people behind it, and they feel validated. And um, so I, I think that's part of the red barn makeup as well that that sentiment that's fantastic and beautiful all right we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk in depth about the red barn family values hang there with us The Academy Opus Cassius is the cheese industry's unique center for professional development, offering both practical and classroom training for cheese professionals ready to move their careers to the next level. The Academy is the only professional cheese school integrating hands-on practice, formal instruction, and curriculum-related visits in every course and attracts students from such diverse countries as Australia, Venezuela, Ukraine, Canada, Sweden, and India. The Academy's core courses for cheesemakers, mongers, and affineurs are offered at the Mons facilities in France, at Jasper Hill Farm in Vermont, 
and at Point Reyes Farmstead Cheese in California. Academy director Sue Sturman also offers insiders tours in New York, London, and Paris, where cheesemongers can meet their international peers and be inspired by new approaches to cheese retailing. For more information and to apply for courses, visit our website at www.academymons.com. That's A-C-A-D-E-M-I-E hyphen M-O-N-S dot com. Welcome back to Cutting the Curd, broadcasting on the Heritage Radio Network. Before the break, I was chatting with Dr. Terry Homan and Paula Homan, co-founders of Red Barn Family Farms in Wisconsin, about how they created their venture, the Dixie Cups and such. Now I wanted to talk more about the values that are central to what you do. You have something on your website called the Red Barn Rules. Can you talk to us a little bit about what those are and why you set about creating such rigorous requirements from cow health to food quality? Certainly. Um, you know, like a, a two-word concept, I think, that is behind our entire brand is animal husbandry. It's kind of an old-fashioned word. I love it. It's a great um, word. Well, it's great two words. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that's what our Red Barn rules are about, is they're definitions of what excellent animal husbandry looks like on a practical day-to-day level. Um, what the outputs of a farm look like when excellent animal husbandry is practiced. And so there are measures of the physical health of the cow, the cleanliness of the milk, um, uh, the, um, the somatic cell count for those who know that, what that is, you know, a measure of how much um, exposure, if you will, that the cow is experiencing to um, disease-causing organisms in her environment. Um, we even measure mortality rate, which is maybe a, um, not the happiest topic. Yeah, but it's there. It's an excellent reflection of how well a farm um, takes care of its cows. Um, a, a low mortality rate in a herd, to me, is a sign of, an, of excellent animal husbandry. So those are the things that we look for. And then it, what's really unique about our brand, and, and this ties in with what we talked about earlier in the conversation, um, that the major economic drivers in our industry have been um, from the commodity perspective. Make a little bit more milk for a little bit less cost has been the economic pressure for a long time. Yeah, We've actually um, built in a premium scale tied to our Red Barn rules. So the better the physical health is, the cleaner the milk, the, the better of the health of the cows reflected in the milk, all of those things um, result in a higher premium for our, our producing farmers. Um, and, and not that our farms you know, wouldn't do this if there wasn't a premium built in, but we really wanted to build a pay scale that was a bit counter to the commodity industry, that we're going to incentivize and pay our farms more for taking better care of their cows and making better milk. And um, we hope that long-term that's an excellent foundation for our Red Barn um, family of products. That's fantastic. You know, when when you talk about uh, the mortality rate, which is, is you know, it's it's not the it's not the happiest topic, but and it's a it's a way to look at it is like it's a it's 
it's me in in my business. I I have to look at the the turnover. You know, in my area, I have very low turnover. You know, and uh, and I guess you know, and that means that my employees are happy. They want to stay. They want to keep selling cheese with us and doing that. You know, and uh, and the longer those cows are there, I guess you know you don't you know what I mean. Like it's it's the it's the same. It's not the same, but that's how when you said that, that's immediately where my mind went. Do you know what I mean? Like that's a that's analogy <laughs> when we look at a lot of different processes or systems or whatever you want to have high rates of good things and low rates of bad things absolutely right? man you know and uh and those cows are you know they're your uh they're your best workers right i mean they're, they're the they're the ones that are putting out that are getting you the stuff that's pretty awesome um, so besides the Wisconsin cheese badge that's on your website, you also have our humane certification badge on there. Uh, can you tell us what it means to be American humane certified? Absolutely. Um, so the American humane association, I am I'm very proud of that, um, association that we have with them. They've been in existence since the 1800s. Um, they have roots in, uh, child welfare issues I believe it was the 1940s they began um, their involvement in animal welfare issues. Yeah. Um, so this is a, an organization that's been around for a long time. Um, and what it entails is an annual audit or visit to each of our farms. Um, the auditor happens to be a veterinarian, which um, I kind of like that aspect. Yeah, I'm sure you do. <laughs> um, I, I like to think that, our, our, that, that my veterinary profession has an important role to play in this arena of um, animal welfare and animal well-being, so I, I'm proud that that's a uh, you know a colleague. Um, but there are a set of standards, and um, we have our farms need to meet those standards. And then that annual audit um, is reviewing the paperwork. But my favorite part is that um, Dr. Olson, who has done it the last couple of years, uh-huh. um, his visit includes looking at every animal. Um, I really. Yeah, that animal focus. That's that's great. One of the things I try to teach uh, um, my cheesemongers to do, and that's super important to me. We have tons of cheese. We have a lot of different types of cheese, and you need to go and put your hands on every piece of cheese that you have out there every day. Just take a look at it, turn it over, check it out. You know what I mean? Like that's that's that's, that's super important, and I um, and I can see whereas you know. Take a look at every one of those animals, man. It's about the same thing. I mean, my job's a lot easier than yours, but um, you know, it's. Uh, but I understand exactly um, what you mean. And you also mentioned on your site that one of your core values is to honor and sustain Wisconsin's rich family dairy farming heritage through a revolutionary new pay structure for farmers that rewards both excellent milk quality and animal husbandry. Um, and you touched on that before, but maybe you can expound on that and uh, you know, tell me what exactly that entails and what are the challenges of that type of system. How's what you do different? Uh, I, again, I, um, as I mentioned before, we use the, the foundations that are in our Red Barn rules, the measures of animal health and milk quality, and each of those um, then there is a, a premium scale associated with it. Yeah. The cleaner the milk, um, the lower the mortality rate, as we touched on. Mm-hmm. All of those things um, then come back in, in our premium on each, uh, you know, for each um, pound of milk that the farmer sells, they get a, a premium based on those things. Um, so that's what we mean by revolutionary, that we're incentivizing um, that animal care um, 
our, our pay scale rewards farmers for taking better care of their cows, not just making more milk. Awesome. I mean, you're giving them. You, I mean, you're getting the quantity out of those Holsteins, you know. But the quality is what you really want. That's pretty cool. I really like that. And and, and I think even um, our our the Holsteins um, amongst our Red Barn patrons. Um, I, I don't think you'll see the next production record. I'm confident you will not see the next production record for the Holstein breed come from a Red Barn family farm. Um, the cows are not pushed, right? If if you will, they're um, they're cared for um, at, at a different at a different level. I guess I would say that's pretty awesome. And I wanted you to maybe tell me a little bit more about the family farms that you do work with, and then let's talk a little about the cheese. What kind of cheese do you market? Okay, um, I'll I'll talk about the farms, and then I think I'll yeah I'll hand it over to Paula because you haven't heard much of her voice. Um, I, I think what what I like about the family of Red Barn Farms is we've got a spectrum of methods of, of farming, if you will. Um, we the first patron, Red Barn patron number one, um, when I approached um, Don Zuliger with this concept um, nine, ten years ago, he was working towards becoming um, a certified organic farm. Um, used many um, organic practices to this day. Um, we have a rotational grazer, a strict rotational grazer uh, amongst our farm patrons. Yeah. Um, we have several... Um, registered herds, um, so you know they focus on pedigrees, and you'll see these animals at the local county fairs and maybe even the state shows. Sure. Use traditional, um, you know, production methods, but so we're not about any one particular. We, we don't want to dictate to our farms you must farm this way. Sure. I like the concept that they have freedom um, to farm the way the lay of their land and and you know their personal goals for their farm. But as long as they meet the Red Barn rules, um, we're, we're a happy partnership. Love it. Paula, talk to me about cheese. Well, we're really proud of our um, very first line of cheeses. And as I'm talking to you, I'm looking at my award wall. That's awesome. Uh, which has uh, 16 awards from the past six years from U.S. and World Cheese Championships for our Heritage White old-world-style white cheddar. And uh, that's a cheese that's made, of course, with Red Barn Milk by Springside Cheese in Oconto Falls, Wisconsin. Um, uh, so that's, that's been a, um, a big award winner for us. Uh, Springside Cheese also makes a black-style cheddar for us, a Monterey Jack. Uh, we work with uh, John Metzig of Willow Creek Creamery in Berlin. He happens to be uh, the youngest uh, person in the state to have achieved his master cheesemaker certification. Oh, congrats to him. Yes, he uh, earned that in 2016, so we are really proud and honored to work with him. That's fantastic. He makes um, our Eden New Zealand style raw milk cheddar, which yeah. happens to be the last and the only raw milk cheddar to be made in Wisconsin. That's awesome. Um, then just in the past couple of years, he started making an Alpine style, a French Alpine style cheese for us as well, called Le Rouge, which means the red. Yeah. Um, and then finally, we also partner with um, Katie Furman of LeClaire Farms. Oh, yeah, talented cheesemaker. I've been buying her cheese for a bit. Yes, yeah, a world-class cheesemaker, and she actually makes our cupola cheese, which you yep. 
um, talked about earlier, and uh, the name, the word cupola, I don't know if you know what a cupola is, um, being you're from New York and not Wisconsin, but cupola is actually the structure, the yes. small structure on the top of a traditional barn. Yes, it is. And I am not from New York. I just live here. I'm, uh, I'm, actually, I'm actually a country boy. Yes, but, but in Central Mass, where, we had, where I come from, a place where there were a lot, of, uh, a lot of family farms at one time, so I've seen a lot of, or I would say cupola, but, but I've seen a, a lot of those. But that's, uh, you know, neither here nor there. Just, I just want to clarify, my mom and dad would be not happy with me if I didn't, you know, tell, tell you where I was really from. You know what I mean? <laughs> So you are well aware then of, of the meaning of cupola. So the a pinnacle of a traditional barn. Yeah. We chose that name because we just believe it's a pinnacle uh, cheese. It we're is. Top quality milk. We're working with a world class cheese maker, and of course, um, really great farms. That's so awesome. Hey. Are you ever ever toy around with the idea of doing some uh, some quicker turnaround stuff? Any uh, soft ripened or mold mold ripened cheeses? You going to do anything like that for us? We always have our dreams yeah. <laughs> and our goals, <laughs> um, and we who knows who knows uh, what we put out next. But we certainly um, are always thinking ahead to what what, what might be next. Oh, that's really awesome. Well. You know, I want to do. Uh, I want to thank you guys both for taking time out of your day to come and uh, and uh, and shoot the shoot the breeze with me here on the on the Heritage Radio Network. And um, for anybody that hasn't um, had the luxury or uh, the uh, the opportunity to taste the cupola, you can come on down to Italy if you're in uh, New York City and pick up, pick some up from my counter, and uh, you'll be lucky there and to get some uh, because uh, that to me it's new. Um, we just brought it in this year, and I'm super happy happy with it. Um, it works for me on so many levels, um, and the customers love it. But um, again, I want to thank you guys for coming on, and um, I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of, uh, of Cutting the Curd, and stay tuned next week for more, and we'll be back. Take care. Ciao. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.